Welcome to another Tuzam and Tzip. Hi, Tzili. Everybody, Professor Arya Kruglansky. Oh. I wanted to ask you something. Not only. Tell me something. You are advisor also to different, right? Expert on terrorism. Yes, to NATO and other bodies, yes. Arya, you know, lately, because of the catastrophic events in Israel, everybody is... Uh, trying to compare it to something, to the Holocaust, to 9-11, to ISIS, to pogroms. And I think that people are looking for words that they're beyond what they feel and they try to find a sentiment that they can compare to. But it's not fair to any of any event because each event has its own atrocities and the catastrophic uh, feelings and outcome. How do you define what's going on now? You know, it's silly. Um, each per each event is uh, unique. Each event is different, but at the same time, they share a common denominator. And in this particular case, is uh, people's inhumanity to other people, uh, the possibility of slaughter, of pogroms, of rape of cruelty, uh, unprecedented cruelty. We've seen that in the Holocaust. We have seen it now. We have seen it uh, throughout history, not only to Jews and to a large extent to Jews, but also other genocides, uh, the Armenian genocide, what happened in Rwanda. People are capable, and that's the common denominator. We as human beings are cursed species. Uh, we are capable of immense violence and aggression. And uh, what's tragic and paradoxical about it is that the very same motivation that promotes aggression and violence is also responsible for the greatest human achievements uh, in science, in the arts, in all domains of, uh, of endeavor. And this is the motivation for dignity and for significance. Uh, you gain you can gain significance by violence. Animals do it. Little children do it. Sophisticated nations do it by dominating other nations. But you can also gain significance by great achievements of science, of of development, of of in music, in in the arts, and so on and so forth. Uh, however, in certain circumstances, because people feel that they are humiliated and they lose significance, uh, a very primitive and primordial ways of regaining significance is through violence. Uh, we have seen it time and time again. If you look at the literature on, on aggression in psychology, uh, it's primarily in response to humiliation. Let's take you know the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. Uh, you can think that it's about land, you can think it's about uh, uh, material things. It is not. It's about dignity. The Palestinians were catastrophically, in their perception, humiliated by the establishment of the of the the Nukba, uh, of the establishment of the sense of Israel. They were uh, the, the Arabs were humiliated by the Six Days War. They tried to regain significance through the. Yom Kippur War, the 73 war, and they did. You know, the Egyptians now have a museum. Even though the, the war did not end well for the Egyptians, 
the very act of crossing the, the Suez and, and courageously attacking the Israelis is cause for great celebration for the Egyptians. And they have a whole museum. If you uh, drive from the airport to the city of Cairo, there is a museum and everybody is talking about it. It's, uh, and even right now, uh, the basic humiliation of the Palestinians by the Israelis throughout the last decades is uh, what pushes them to the resistance, to Hamas, makes them you know, choose for Hamas rather than for the Palestinian Authority, because Hamas represents more uh, centrally, more, more, uh, more essentially, the quest for significance. And you know, it's it's a tragedy. We tried, Israelis tried, the world tried to appease the Palestinians through economic means. So, for example, Moshe Dayan, the famed Israeli. Uh, chief of staff and, and minister of defense tried to uh, create a good economic situation for the Palestinians. If you remember, after the Six-Day War, he instituted the policy of open bridges, open bridges that eliminated the, the green line between Israel and uh, Judea and Samaria, and also allowed people from these regions, from the West Bank, to travel freely to Jordan in order to promote business and commerce and, and, and ability to find work. And that really promoted the uh, economic welfare of the Palestinians. But at the same time, the Israeli settlement uh, movement, uh, the arrest of Palestinians, uh, the jingoistic nationalistic statements about, about by Israelis humiliated the Palestinians on a daily basis. And so the economics was not enough. And until uh, the first Antifada in 87 uh, happened, and that ended the economic welfare, that ended the open bridges, uh, promoted the seizure of Gaza and, and so on and so forth. So you know, economic development can help, but not at the price of respect and, and of honor. And I think, uh, the Israeli policy has been humiliating Palestinians time and time again, and you know this cannot be done. So how come, how come there is not acknowledgement, but by any leaders of Israel who understand this basic thing that you're talking about? How come it didn't change the concept? It's the concept? easy. It's easy to ignore it. Uh, when things seem to be okay. Uh, if you think that you can manage Hamas, it's just a question of mowing the lawn from time to time, taking care of little events on the border, uh, and in the meantime, expanding Palestine and invoking messianic ideologies that the land belongs to us, was promised, and so on and so forth. When you don't, When you do not pay a price, it's very easy to lull yourself into the uh, assumption that things will be good and you can uh, get away with murder. You can get away with humiliating the other side forever. Uh, so, you know, it's the psychology of it. The whole thing is psychological. Psychology is at the root of the whole thing. Yeah, but psychology also can, uh, you know, sharpen your understanding. So now, what, now two weeks ago, we know what happened. If this can change, if this can bring the awareness 
is what you call this humiliation was so deep that caused to this or justify what happened two weeks ago? Yeah, but psychology works for for few ways. Depends how you want to look at things and how you want to see things. You can manipulate the the angles. You know, there are, there are different psychologies. This this psychology should awake the awareness that you cannot humiliate the Palestinians forever, and you must take into account their uh, sense of dignity and honor. Uh, on the other hand. There is also the other side. Israel now was humiliated. Israel now is perceived as weak. And because there are many people who want to gain significance and dominance at the expense of Israel, this is encouraging of Israel, of, of, of these enemies in the Mideastern neighborhood. So uh, I do not see that Israel can you know, very easily uh, accept that. And that's why the talk about uh, invading the Gaza Strip and, and 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 all of that in order to uh, to uh, reinstate the Israeli deterrence and also boost the morale of the, of the Israelis who feel now beyond all the suffering beyond all the cruelty the Israelis feel extremely humiliated by what happened. How can you know, you, a feeling of humiliation? How can well, you explained it. The feeling of humiliation can really bring out such violence. Yes, yes. Violence is the most primitive way of reasserting your power. Uh, you know, this is this is the most primordial way um, of, of showing that you 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 are strong. You are uh, you know mighty. Uh, and Israel has lost a lot of it. Israel had this aura of invincible. A military force, the best in the world, people were saying. People were saying that the Israeli intelligence, the Mossad is the West, best in the world. Now it's all in shambles, right? And yeah. if that myth, and that myth was protecting Israel, what was the deterrence? If that myth is shown to be in shambles and incorrect, that encourages all kinds of wolves on you know Iran and Hezbollah and and uh, all, all the enemies of Israel to, you know, take initiatives and and uh, try to do what they want, which is to annihilate Israel. So, what parts uh, you think is in the Palestinian identity that they refuse to say we recognize the state of Israel? They keep saying we don't recognize. They keep saying we would like to kill you all. By the way. Yes. I heard people saying it about Palestinians, but let's put it aside now, because it's really, I don't know, in numbers. When and how can we uh, shift the concept of let's throw Israel to the sea? I think right now the only option is to fight Hamas. Unfortunately, it's a very complicated thing because it, it, it entails uh, if that invasion were to take place, the where it was uh, planned, uh, many thousands of Palestinian lives would be lost. Uh, so that it's a paradoxical. We need to defeat Hamas to show that the violence does not pay, that it's not the way, and maybe that will awaken uh, the Palestinian desire to see things differently. There are Palestinians who would be willing to, you know, to think of a two-state solution. And and you know go toward a peaceful resolution along this you know the lines of 
what happened in Oslo, and and you know there are, it this way of thinking can be uh, reinvigorated, can be reawakened. But on the other hand, if uh, ten thousand Palestinians die in this conflict, it's very it's going to be again a tit for tat, a kind of a spiral of vengeance, uh, you know, the kind of blood feud that uh, doesn't end. So that's why the situation can be understood by psychologists, but what to do exactly, given this complicated paradox, psychological trap, uh, it's very difficult. But you know, there's a, we are very careful not to call the, the extreme settlers uh, the doing terror actions against the Palestinians. And we, you know, we, we try to keep it clean as much as we can, but they do terror attacks as well, just much smaller sizes than the... And every day. The, yeah, and they attack the Palestinians on a regular basis and they do terrible things. Absolutely. That, and How can a... we stop the humiliation? I mean, it's like they are, they are not humiliated for nothing. I mean, there is reality that they live in that really cause these feelings. And we are, you know, we cannot just say we are not part of it. No, we are definitely part of it. The, the Israeli society is very much a part of it. Those who support the settlements, who have this ideology that this was given to us uh, and it, you know, we are the chosen people and God has given us this land and it's all ours uh, and we don't have to care about anybody else. That ideology is uh, what caused, the, what contributed a, a lot. And this is the Israeli pride, Israeli sense of significance. It's like Putin that wants Russia to be again the big Russian empire, uh, like in the past, uh, the same uh, way the Israelis want to be the Israeli empire. Or in India, the Modi idea of greater India. It's all based on this quest for significance, quest for, you know, greatness. We're going to be great. Uh, and the only way to show that it doesn't work is to pay the price. So maybe now the price uh, will evoke in some people this idea, but in most people it evokes the idea of vengeance. Right. You know, the Israelis were very divided, but after what happened in, in October 7th, everybody said, we now must destroy Hamas. But the you, left and you... the right. Can you define uh, between Palestinians and Hamas, or you put them all together? How do you explain that to people who have no clue what's going on? Well, the Palestinians uh, elected Hamas. So Hamas is not completely uh, divorced from the Palestinians. Uh, not all Palestinians are as committed to the destruction of Israel and to the uh, Islamist ideology that it's the question of jihad, it's a religious, uh, you know, uh, duty uh, imperative. Uh, but I think that uh, most Palestinians are committed to the idea that uh, Israel was humiliating them and resistance is important. For example, uh, about close to 80% of the Palestinians were in favor of suicide attacks against the Israelis. These were polls of Shikaki and others. So, you know, the Palestinians do support who less, who more, the idea of resistance because they feel humiliated by the Israelis. 
and you know it's also a vicious circle to the extent that Israelis, uh, for example, in Gaza, do not allow economic development. The only route for Palestinians to have honor and respect is through joining the resistance, joining Hamas, because you know they use the unemployment in Gaza is uh, on the average fifty percent. It's about seventy-two percent among women. Huge unemployment. There is no future for these youths. The only way, and, and you know, the quest for significance, the need for significance and dignity is universal. So the only way for them to have dignity is to join the resistance. Uh, so, where can you? Do you see any solution? So, for the short term, you say we have to beat Hamas. Make sure they they're out of the of the game, right? Yes, yes. And to show that, yes. But 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 a lot of what you're talking about is rooted. So if Hamas goes, the feeling of humiliation. How can you change that? I think if, different if, regime even. If Israelis had the political will to change their attitude and to show, you know that. Uh, Churchill and others have have, have coined the term uh, in victory magnanimity. You've got to be generous in victory. When, once you're victorious, that's the time in rather than humiliating uh, the other side and inviting violence in return, vengeance, be magnanimous. And at that point, show understanding to their plight, understanding to their concerns, understanding to their honor, and give them uh, at that time, after defeating Hamas, if that were possible, dismantle settlements, uh, get serious about a two-way solution. Uh, Israel could do that if there was a political will to do it. Of course, yeah. as we all know, we are disunited, and there is a very strong right uh, right-wing right uh, sentiment among Israelis. So, you know, that's what should be done. Defeat them and then be magnanimous and uh, recognize their concerns and be ready to make concessions. You you know, give them what you can. Can you radicalization? Radicalization. Whole society? Yes, yes, whole society can be radicalized. Uh, you know, Germany was radicalized uh, in uh, in the 30s. Uh, radicalization can occur right now. You know, for example, you know, uh, uh, the psychology of radicalization, the psychology of extremism is that one motivation becomes so important that everything else is cast aside and you're willing to do anything to serve that motivation. So, for example, after 9-11, the idea of defeating Al-Qaeda was so important that anything was uh, allowable, anything was legitimate, whether it was torture, uh, the Patriot Act, anything was okay. Uh, and now, uh, after the October 7 attack, uh, everybody in Israel was, we've got to destroy Hamas. The first, the first uh, impasse was, Forget everything else. Forget, you know, that thousands of people are going to be killed. Forget the world opinion. Forget uh, the possibility of, of, you know, Hezbollah and Iran getting involved. Forget everything. That this is this is extremism. Extremism is forgetting all else. 
forgetting all considerations and doing something that serves that motivation for revenge. But right now, after a while, it's very difficult. We don't have a Churchill. What? We, we don't, don't have a Churchill. We don't even have an Arik Sharon. We, I don't know what we have right now. The trust in, in Israeli government and in Israeli uh, armed forces is at the lowest point that I remember. In a way, in the last, over the last few months, over a year, the, basically the government in Israel is terrorizing Israel and from within. And now you have the Hamas who terrorized Israel and beat the Israeli government. And now they're trying to terrorize us under the table, you know, even more and, and worse. So basically we are stuck between all of them and we cannot base it, we cannot do anything to break it. It's, it's a very cycle it's, inside. It's a, it's a very difficult uh, situation. Uh, you know, they talk about the invasion. Uh, it's been two weeks and there's been no invasion because right now that uh, original feeling, that momentum was slowed down by considerations. And now people are beginning to think, well, you know, how good an idea it is and the price will the price be worth it. And, yeah. Uh, so and it looks those like, who are kidnapped, of course. And of course, there are those who are kidnapped. Are we going to sacrifice them? At the beginning, people say we must, right? Oh, whatever, what, whatever the price. Now, you, 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 you uh, uh, the focus is different. Uh, but the problem is that on both sides, when people say we need to wipe them out, they mean it. Yeah, yeah. And this is not a solution. We know it because we cannot wipe everybody out. We cannot wipe everybody out, and no, the, the other side no. is going to reciprocate. Uh, so I think the, the idea is to break that cycle, that spiral of violence, and the only way it would be to, you know, to show Hamas that that uh, this is not the way. Destroy Hamas if possible, and then start in earnest negotiations with the Palestinians. Uh, show that the readiness of, of Israelis to uh, to dismantle the right-wing uh, ideology uh, and and uh, be serious about a two-state solution uh, that uh, would mean concessions, land concessions, and other concessions. Uh, that uh, to to me seems the, the only way. Otherwise, you, you think the two two-state solution is still on? It's bad. Right, right now, it seems that that uh, it cannot happen. You know. It's not back at all. America, I mean, no, people outside the world is pushing for it. Outside push, uh, world is pushing for it. The, the Israelis do not have the political will to get serious about it. Uh, you know, I talked with, with a friend and one possibility is if the invasion were, were to take place, there would be a, a huge catastrophe. Catastrophe. Huge catastrophe, both uh, uh, on the, on the uh, Palestinian side okay. and on the Israeli side. Because Hezbollah will get involved, the militias from Iraq and Syria will get involved, the Houthis will get involved, maybe Iran will get involved, thousands of Israelis will probably die, Gaza will be destroyed, and you know, on on the ashes it will be of, okay. On the ashes of everything, you, you know, uh, the, the the kind of the fascist movement and the Nazi movement that was prevalent in Germany stopped after the second world war this was just too much a price and yeah. then germany became v committed to liberal democracy and you know 
to join the family of nations and so forth. It sometimes takes a great shock uh, in which to unfortunately stop process, yeah. to stop the process and, and to, to have a, a more enlightened view because uh, the way of, of aggression as, as a way to dominance is very tempting. And only an earthquake, a shock like occurred in Second World War brought uh, Japan and, and, uh, and Italy and Germany uh, to their senses and uh, turned them into a liberal democracy. But right now, the lessons of the Second World War and the lessons that violence is disastrous uh, are forgotten. And, and you know that aspect of the human nature that violence will bring you power and glory is awakening and and we are you know right back into that uh, uh, dynamic. Yeah, but but all the examples you gave, no, I, we have to go back because she just said this sentence on the side, uh, and Bibi will go on. You know, he will he will, uh, he will outlast be... those everything we talk here, because um, you know I can pause for a minute and I just hope we don't lose the line. I am now also thinking about, and you're a professor, about the students and the campuses that goes out and demonstrate without really understanding what's going on because there is no one to explain them. Because I was yesterday, we had a meeting of Altish, the, the School of the Arts at NYU, the whole school. And um, I, I, I raised the question there. I didn't get an answer. What do we do with all these students now? Uh, who, and I know Jewish students who are afraid now on campuses. There are many more, which is, you know, not say, but pro-Palestinians, which is okay if they really understand the complexity of the situation. And I don't know, we bring those young people to the best universities even, right? It can be Harvard, it can be Yale, whatever, Columbia. And they have so many you know, enlightened students to go out to demonstrate. How can we reach them? I don't know if we can reach them with a smaller population, right? Than to reach the Palestinians and the Israelis to understand what you're talking about. What can we do? It's in our backyard. It is terrible. It is terrible The you know, the progressive left uh, is... Uh having this sentiment, uh, siding with the underdog, siding with the humanitarian aspect and forgetting uh, what caused this particular uh, bout of events. Uh, so, you know, it's easy to say, stop the bombing uh, because thousands of people are kill being killed uh, and seeing Israel as the aggressor, which at this point it is. Uh, but what caused it, you know, is, is being forgotten. And the, this is in the context of the larger idea that Israel has been occupying the Palestinians and, and uh, uh, humiliating the Palestinians for the last 50 years. Uh, so, you know, that, that particular sentiment right now is in the context of this larger attitude that Israel has been an aggressive power. Uh, to, so to explain this event without changing the, the whole conception is very, very difficult. We must do what we can to show that this is a reaction. And, and the only way that Israel can defend itself is to restore its deterrence. But uh, whether this will be effective, we can do, you know, we can try the 
uh, by social media, by uh, by meetings, by 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 writing, by uh, explaining uh, as much as we can. But you cannot explain the killing of, of you know thousands of of, of uh, people in Gaza. That cannot be explained. Uh, Are you although, although, although it happened in Afghanistan, it happened in Iraq when Americans were doing that. You know that the Americans were not that concerned about human lives. But now uh, it's easy to be uh, very uh, humanitarian when it's other people. It's especially... much easier to be to be right when somebody else is doing something. But where do you put the line uh, between the freedom of speech and the right thing to say at the right time? Yeah, it's again, you know, there is no no clear line. Uh, freedom of speech is uh, uh, at odds inconsistent with the with the idea of hate speech. Uh, so you know, uh, if uh, if hate speech is forbidden, that means the restriction on the freedom of speech. And what exactly is hate speech? Uh, it's very vaguely defined and uh, yeah, the are not clear, you know, especially when the hate speech, Uh, serves your political agenda where you really feel that uh, you know Israel was was uh, at fault and uh, uh, Israel was the aggressor then you're more forgiving to hate speech that's condemning Israel and condemning the Jews can you can you take us somehow uh, along with what's going on now from your experience to tell us how it's going to be continue evolve I think there are two scenarios uh, one is uh, the catastrophic scenario that Israel will do what it was promising to do it yeah. will totally destroy Gaza it will uh, destroy Hamas it will destroy Israel too this will destroy Israel too because Hezbollah will definitely uh, in my opinion get involved and there'll be missiles uh now all over yeah. And you know the United States, this is a, almost an election year. Yeah. The Democrats, especially the progressive part of Democrats, are against uh, the invasion. Yeah. Uh, Biden is uh, up for re-election. He has to listen to what his party is saying. So the the aid to Israel, although he originally uh, stood up for Israel, uh, but that's going to also, The you political set up to Israel and uh, not uh, support the invasion yes yes but you know at uh, at the beginning he was supportive of destruction of Hamas and the Israel has to do what it has to do and that's going to change uh, with the pressure from uh, not only the pu- the public but the democratic voters right. uh, which which uh, matter to him a lot uh so you know so it's going to be a catastrophe and on the ashes of that catastrophe, There could be a new world order in the Middle East. The other and more likely scenario is that despite all the pronouncements, Israel will do a limited operation in Gaza. As they did today, they went in a very limited way, exactly to very the specific north. target and came out. Yes. To kill them like one of the Hamas. Uh... Yes, leaders, yes, yes. Uh, And, and you know that's the way it's going to be Hamas will pay a price but not a, a complete price and things will continue uh, so nothing will change except nothing will change hopefully this will change something in Israel 
hopefully this will change. I mean, you know, not only the the uh, the arrogant conception that we, you know, that uh, the Arabs want now, the Hamas wants good governance and wants the economy, uh, which was, you know, a very uh, wishful thinking kind of conception on which we froze and it was responsible. So this yeah. was a great failure of uh, of intelligence and of readiness. On, I think, I hope that this is, is going to change. You know, it was the same thing in Yom Kippur, uh, the freezing on a conception. So, I, I, you know, let's hope but that I, this... But I want to believe that in Yom Kippur, the government cared more for the soldiers or the citizens than this government. Uh, I don't know. That's quite, yeah. quite strong. Yeah. Back no, then, they didn't care, like you said? No. Now. Now. Okay. Now, now. okay. No. Back then, they cared more. Now, they don't care. I don't think they... I don't think I should ask this question. Should I take my kids and grandchildren out? If you say the Hezbollah is going to enter, talking about 100,000 missiles all over Israel, should I take my kids and grandchildren? You have kids and grandchildren there. We do, we do, we do. You know, it's... Uh... It's come to the doorstep, you know, I have a ticket to go back into in, in one month. You know, we all have uh, our personal identity and our social identity. Our social identity is... We are Israelis, uh, you know. Our son-in-law is in the in the seals. Shayatet uh, Shloshestre. I don't think that they'll contemplate leaving Israel because the, their uh, social identity as Israelis. Right. You know, if if everybody left, there will be no Israel, and if there is no Israel, uh, Jews all over the world will suffer. So. You know, there is our pr private lives, and I don't know uh, even how I asked this question, but. Uh, it's you know it's a it's a it's a decision between your private life. You live only once. You want your grandchildren and your children to be safe. Uh, on the other hand, Israel is like you know. You know on on the other on the other uh, hand, uh, if if we all thought in terms of our private lives, there will be no collective. Right. Any minister from the current. Government in Israel have asked your advice? No. Listen to you? No. No, huh? They Nobody listen to me. Even we my wife. Send, we should send this my wife a parliament listen. member. You know? They're too busy to changing the rules and to change the, the whole thing. Yeah. How can they operate now, logically, if they worried what will be after? How can you keep... Uh, but that's why it looks like this. Yeah, well, I hope that they know what they are doing, although it looks like they don't. They don't. There's a chaos and confusion on all levels of government. Uh, I hope that uh, at least the military knows what they are doing, but I'm not sure about that either. Right. I think we should stop here. It's so, it's so depressing. You don't have a happy note to stop on, unfortunately. It's terrible. It's terrible. Mm. There is anything you think we should ask you? More than we didn't. You asked me a lot. You asked me more than you should have. We <laughs> we touched on some very touchy touchy topics, but yeah, no, no, I never a... never thought that I will ask this question. Should I take out my where I'm going to go? I will go. I'm I will go there and I will bring my kids here. I think, right? Yeah. So, Arie, for better days. Yeah. 
Thank you. We'll Good call you again Thank when you. the time Thank will you. come to plan the future. And everybody, see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you okay. so much, everybody. Take care.